Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Praise God. While we're uh, turning over Deuteronomy this morning, I, speaking of the tongue, uh, I want to give you some little quotes. When insults had class. Winston Churchill says, he has all the virtues I dislike and none of the vices I admire. Abraham Lincoln said, he can compress the most words into the smallest idea of any man I know. Any of you listening to any of the uh, politicians today? That is still true. A modest little person with much to be modest about. Winston Churchill said that. Groucho Marx said, I have had a perfectly wonderful evening, but this wasn't it. <laughs> Stephen Bishop said, I feel so miserable without you, it's almost like having you here. <laughs> He's a self-made man and worships his creator. <laughs> He's not only dull himself, he is the cause of dullness in others. <laughs> he is simply a shiver looking for a spine to run up. He has the attention span of a lightning bolt. That was a pretty good one. Forrest Tucker said he loves nature in spite of what it did to him. <laughs> Oscar Wilde said some cause happiness wherever they go, some whenever they go. <laughs> Andrew Lang said he uses statistics as a drunken man uses lampposts for support rather than illumination. <laughs> and last but not least, this is for Jeremy, he has Van Gogh's ear for music. <laughs> I wasn't pointing that at Jeremy. I just said he would appreciate I was thinking he would appreciate that. It wasn't at him. I want to say hello to my friend Joe Grimes and his family all the way from San Angelo, Texas. They're visiting with us today. Where are y'all at? Oh, there they are. Everybody say hello to them. Good to have Joe and his wonderful family. And it's good to have all of you here today. If you found Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Why don't we stand and read this together, these two verses? No, just this one verse. This will be our launching pad this morning. Everybody together in unison, ready, read. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. Father, we're here to honor you today. We thank you for the mighty name of Jesus. It's because of that name that we're here today, because, Lord, we were all in trouble at one point in our lives. Maybe some are in trouble today. But you said, call upon me in your day of trouble, and I will deliver you. I will hear you. And we thank you for the wonderful name, the name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, everything can change. And we thank you, Lord, that Jesus is the Word. The Word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we realize today as we have read your Word and as we study your Word today, 
that we're really looking at Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to get to know you even more today. And I thank you that your word goes forth and brings a great harvest of your life in your people's lives today. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ today. And God's people said, amen. All right. I want to just give a brief recap on something that Pastor John talked about last week concerning the tongue. And you might, if you're taking notes this morning, I encourage you to write some, write some of these things down. Uh, one is, the first thing that uh, I remember him talking about last week is your tongue is connected to your feelings. It's, a connect, it's connected to your emotions. That's why we can't tame the tongue. The book of James says we can't tame the tongue. No man can tame it. It's that wild animal. Like you can, you can control a zebra for how long? A day. But when that zebra goes to sleep that night and wakes up the next morning, he's just as wild as he was the day before you broke him. So that is how our tongue is. It can be controlled, but it can never be tamed because it'll always be connected to our emotions, to our feelings. Amen? But you can control it. And the day that you get control of your tongue is the day you get control of your life and where your life is going. Amen? That's a wonderful thing. The Bible teaches us that our lives are going in the direction of our tongue, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But this is the time, though. When you, when you learn to control your tongue, you then become a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not when you get saved. You get saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Pastor Troy talked a little bit about that this morning. It's not by our works. We just believed in his work. Amen. And that's what gave us new life this new birth experience. But as a disciple of Christ, you're, you're, and, and if you've lived for any amount of time as a believer, you understand this truth that it really matters what you say. It really does matter. God has put a great importance on what we say. He has given us this power. Become, uh, and and you'll, you'll believe yourself. Another thing that Pastor John said was you'll believe yourself before you'll believe everybody else. So it's important what you're saying. You can make it happen when you speak. Amen. Amen. In 1941, a German battleship named Bismarck, spent, they spent four years building this great battleship. Do you know how long it was in active duty? Nine days. Four years to last nine days. A little, just a small little torpedo struck the bottom of that ship and damaged the rudder. And the pilots were unsure if any damage had actually been done, but with the rudder damaged, it was unable to maneuver and so therefore was destroyed. The Bible likens your tongue to the rudder that turns the ship. That small little thing guides your whole life. Amen. Praise God. So we got to learn to control it. Who's responsible to control your tongue? Amen. Three of you said me. I mean, you. Yeah, it's you. That's exactly right. Not me. Not my responsibility. On a windswept hill in an English country churchyard stands a drab gray slate tombstone. The quaint stone bears an epitaph not easily seen unless you stoop over and look closely. And the faint etchings read, 
Beneath this stone, a lump of clay, lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. (laughs) Don't wait till you're dead to control your tongue. Amen. (laughs) Start today. Praise the Lord. Now, let's turn over to Genesis chapter 8. As we have read Deuteronomy chapter 30, I just want to reference this. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the tongue and sowing and reaping. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22 says, As long as the earth remains, while the earth remains, everybody stomp the floor. Is that earth under you? All right, so it's remaining still, right? While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. These things will continue. This is a law. This is a law. Amen? This is a law. Everybody say, this is a law. Seed time and harvest is a law. What you sow, you will. All right. Back over to uh, uh, verse 19 of chapter 30 of Deuteronomy. It says, I call heaven and earth uh, to record this day against you, or that's actually better translated before you. It sounds like, uh, it sounds negative if you say against, but if you look in the, in the literal translation, it means before you. God's showing, He's presenting something to us. I have set before you. The word set here is translated, I am passing on knowledge to you. Listen to me. God wants to get knowledge to you to help you in your life today. That's why He gave us this great book. So we can understand Him, understand His will. The Bible says, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We just don't understand the will of the... We don't understand the ways of the Lord. Read your Bible. Amen. It's not all that mysterious. You really can know God's will. This Bible is His will. And it's already been enforced because the testator died. Praise God. And so it's a living will. But He says, I'm passing on knowledge to you. In this world, there is life and there is death. There is blessing and there is cursing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's in the world. That is what's in this world. And then he says what? Choose. He says to choose life so that we might have sense enough not to choose the other. You know, it's hard to imagine that someone would choose Death and cursing. It's hard to admit, but obviously some must because he felt it necessary to tell us what to choose. Right? He lays it all out there for us and he says, here's a big hint. Choose life. Let you in on something here. Choose life. He says it. Choose life. Now look, life here. I'm just going to break down some of these words for you today to help us understand this a little better. Life, the literal translation is life, prosperity, and happiness. Well, that's good, isn't it? Life, prosperity, and happiness. So let's look at this. I call heaven and earth to record this, to record this day against you that I have set before you. Life, prosperity, and happiness. Choose. This is not just on a whim here. The word choose means to make a thorough examination of the situation and make your choice. Huh? Just like most of you did, I won't say all of you, most of you did when you picked your spouse. (laughs) You made a thorough examination. Thought this whole thing through. Is this going to be worth it? 
Or some of you were so blinded by love you didn't care. And then you found out later on, oh gosh. Huh? Now you're stuck. So that's all right. I think that's what Heather did. <laughs> Every day she's still waking up going, oh, it's really real. After 14 years, it's, he's still here. But uh, choose. Make a thorough examination. God's telling us. He's passing on this knowledge to us. Make a thorough examination here. And then make your choice. The Hebrew synonym here for choose is desire. Oh, we love the word desire. Hebrew, um, we talked about this a while back in panoramic faith. You remember? Jesus said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it. Proverbs 13, 12 says, when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Woo, that's good. And Proverbs 15, 4 says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. So what does the tree bear? Somebody tell me here. What does the tree bear? Fruit. What's in the fruit? Ah, you're getting there. Juice. <laughs> yeah, juice is there too. But, but seed is in the fruit. And it's not, most of the time, it's not just one seed. It's multiple seeds, right? In that one piece of fruit, there's more seed to produce more of the same fruit. The Bible teaches us in the very beginning that whatever God made, He made it to reproduce after its own kind. Right? You have to sow a specific seed to get a harvest from that seed. You can't sow a seed and expect something different over here to happen, right? You sow the seed, you get exactly the harvest from that seed. Yeah. Amen. And you get more seeds of the same kind. Life, then, will produce life. Yeah. See, we, you see repetitious patterns, though, in people's lives. I mean, really, all of us are habitual in nature, but... Some destructively, and, and, and it's like a girl says, you know, she's had some loser boyfriends, and she, said, I don't want, she says, I don't want to date any more losers. I don't want to date any more losers. I don't want to get beat up again. I don't want to date anymore. But what does she attract? Losers and bruisers, right? Yeah, she, that's what she attracts because it's all that she thinks and it's all that she talks about. Out of one bad relationship, right into another. Huh? Come on, you know this person. Hopefully you're not that person today. I don't think it's anybody that goes to Cornerstone. Because she's ignorant of this knowledge, see, that God has revealed to us. She just figures it's her lot in life. That God must have allowed this for some reason. Huh? Probably some dumb preacher told her that. This is the hand that life dealt her. She deserves this after all she's done. Come on, talk to me this morning. This is the best it'll ever get. She's too tired. She's, she's tried. She's too tired. She's just trying to keep her head above water. Really expect her to swim out of this? Huh? Yeah. It's what you're talking about. What she needs to realize is what everybody here in this room needs to realize today. That if you want a different crop... A different harvest, then you'll have to sow a different seed. Your words are the seeds that bear the fruit of your life. I'll say that again. Your words are the seeds that bear the fruit of your life. And you know what? You might not see that good crop for a while because you've been used to just saying whatever you feel like Pastor John was talking about last week. 
just saying whatever you feel, just reacting on emotions. And so you've, you've planted this garden that you don't want to live off of. So it takes time. But eventually, that seed will produce the fruit, and that fruit will then produce more seed, and then that seed will produce more fruit. Come on. And then that fruit will produce more seed, and that's how it runs. Amen. See, the reason the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, it grows brighter and brighter, because the righteous person speaks into his future, into his life, the good things of God. He declares the word of God over his life. And so then he experiences better and better because as he's speaking, more the fruit comes. And inside that fruit, there's more seed. And then after, out of that seed become, comes more fruit. Come on, are you hearing me today? This is, this is, this is simp, a simple pattern, but it's not always easy to live by it. Amen. Amen. But you can do this. You really can do it. You can have a better life. That's what we're about here at Cornerstone Worship Center. Building a better life. Isn't that sign beautiful? Now I'll give Rob the credit because last time we had it up, those of you that were here saw the the letters falling off, but they're not going to fall off anymore. Rob, why don't you stand up so everybody can thank you for making that sign for this church today. Good job. Yeah. The word for death here in this scripture is the word ruin... And uh, words ruin and destruction, that's what it means. Ruin and destruction. The word blessing here means God's favor, heaviness, or substance. Yeah, so you can choose to live a life of substance. You can choose to live a a heavy life. I'm not talking about going to the buffet every day. I'm talking about uh, living with significance and purpose. Amen. A life that makes a difference, huh? Wouldn't it be uh, the word cursing here? Just on the opposite side means lightness, L-I-G-H-T-N-E-S-S, lightness or trivial. Wouldn't it be a shame to live your whole life only for the sum total to be trivial? That's what cursing means. See, when I stand before Jesus, I want to stand before him confidently, and I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Huh? A life that's blessed, a life that has God's favor on it, a life with substance, a life that made a difference in this world. I want to stand there and hear him say that. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I, 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 th- th- we got to get over that as people and realize that we're God pleasers more than we are man pleasers. Amen. Yeah. And that we're here to serve him and, and we're looking for that day when he approves, when he says well done. I don't want to get up there, live my life solely for myself or however I want it to live only to show up before him and him, him say, well, you're done. Huh? Amen. I want to hear, well done. Many people live their lives, however, without this understanding. Because they've been taught, they've lived uh, under, an, uh, under another generation, or maybe be- circumstances made them think this way. Something happened, right? Somebody else said something and made them begin to think this way. But they think that some people are lucky and some people are just unlucky. They think that some people get all the breaks and some people don't get any of the breaks. Huh? Some people have everything working for them, and some people have everything working. And it's those people that think like that that think they're that other person. Huh? Amen. But God reveals to us knowledge. And if you don't make the choice, somebody will make the choice for you. Very true. Somebody will make the choice. Gary can probably recall 
this. Uh, Scott Boney told me this story one time. They were working together, and they stopped off at a convenience store, and Scott was going to run in and get a couple of drinks. He said, Gary, what do you want? Gary said, whatever, I don't care. So Scott goes in there and gets like pineapple soda and brings it out to him. Brings it out to him. What is this? He said, hey, you didn't want to make the choice? I made the choice for you. Yeah. Listen, if you don't make the choice, if you don't choose, somebody's going to do it for you. God, God not only told us to choose, but he told us what to choose. He's given us knowledge here for life, for peace, for prosperity, for happiness. But we have to choose it. Amen. See, the devil comes. Can I say this to you? The devil's coming. He's, if, he, if he's not already visiting you right now, I can promise you he's on his way. Huh? And Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Can we put that under ruin and destruction? Out of, out of verse 19, can we put that under death? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said that I, but I've come to give you life, so when you choose life, what you're really choosing is choosing Jesus, the giver of life. Huh? You choose him, you get it all. That's right. The Bible teaches us in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. Let me ask you a question for a moment. Where is Jesus? Nobody knows. Okay, uh, maybe we need to let's go back to some elementary teaching. Jesus came to earth. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. He rose again three days later, and now he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That is where Christ is. Now, we have his spirit in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. But thank God that there is a man, that is the man Christ Jesus, who is our mediator. We have an advocate with the Father when we sin, the book of uh, Second John teaches us, and we say we have an advocate with the Father. Thank God that a man is there representing us as men. Amen. All of you women, yes, that's what I'm talking about you too. Mankind, that a man is seated there. Yes, he is God, and yes, he is still man. To think that God forever changed, incredible, an incredible thought, that God forever changed who he, who he was so he could forever change you. Jesus became a man, and he, he didn't, after he was a man, went back up to heaven and changed back into the Word again. He is the Word, but he remained a man. And as long as a man is there on your behalf, ladies and gentlemen, you're in really good hands. Amen. Good things are coming your way. He is the high priest of good things to come. So you get Jesus. And the Bible says in Proverbs, I mean, Psalm 1611 that in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The pleasures of life are in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But see, you know, it's a lot easier, though, to just sit up at the house and be a victim. It's just easier to do that. It's easier to blame it on somebody else. Blame it on some ethnic group. Blame it on whatever politician is about to take office. It's just easier to do that, to not take your responsibility. But let me tell you something. It is a law that what you sow, that you will also reap. The law makes no exceptions to your situation. If a big old man stood up on a second-story balcony and jumped off, the law of gravity says... You're coming down to the ground. If a four-year-old innocent child gets up on the same balcony, gravity's not going to take time off and go, no, 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 it's just a precious little child. 
Huh? We'll make an exception for the child. And it's sad, but the same truth applies to the child. The same law applies to the child just like it does to the man. And when the child jumps off the balcony, where is he going? To the ground. The law makes no exception. It doesn't pity your situation. It's a law. What you sow, that you will reap. Period. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 18. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the what? Fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. A man's belly, now that can also be translated heart, the inner man, the innermost part of man, shall be satisfied Oh, let's see how all this works here. As a man thinks in his heart, another version, another scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, what? So is he. He'll be satisfied with the fruit. He's going to be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. That's why it's so important, Proverbs 4.23 says, to guard or to keep your heart with all diligence because out of it flow the issues or the boundaries of life. Look at this, from the, incre- from the increase or, or harvest of his lips. And with the harvest or the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Now this is not talking about just the occasional slip of the tongue. The harvest is coming and the harvest of a man's lip are going to fill his life. Jesus said it like this, out of the abundance of the heart, the what? The mouth speaks. Right. So you see this, you, you sow these seeds and the fruit comes in and it satisfies your life. It satisfies your innermost being. And that, out of that then, it comes again. It comes through your, through your brain through, and it has to, has to be controlled because your emotions are involved too. Huh? And we just continue this cycle of sowing and reaping and sowing and reaping and sowing and reaping. But that tongue has everything to do with it. Verse 21. Death. And life. Did we not read about death and life just earlier? Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Death and life. Now, if you were to ask somebody today, who has the power of death and life? Most people would tell you God or the devil or maybe both of them. Huh? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Hmm. And they that love it shall eat the fruit. There, uh, if you love death and you're talking about death, then that's the fruit you will eat. If you're talking about life, come on, then that's the fruit you'll eat. God says you have it, the, the power, right there. It's right there in your head, that little member, that little rudder. God is showing us a law here, and it works really whether you believe it or not. Because it's a law. But your faith connected to it can do wonderful things. God reveals this to you so that you can benefit from it rather than have it working against you. He reveals this knowledge to us, to help us, to show us. 
Mark chapter 4, if you would turn there for a moment, and I'll finish with this thought today. Mark chapter 4, verse 19. I'm going to bring that up on the screen there, Michael. Let's go to 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Let's back up to 14. I believe it's 14. We'll find it eventually. The sower sows the word. Let's back up one more verse. Y'all having fun going all over this? Look at this is the what I wanted to get to. Jesus says, see what Jesus told this parable about the sower who went to sow the seed, and some fell on stony, uh, stony, <laughs> thorny ground, some fell on stony ground, some fell on, on uh, amongst uh, briars and, and thorns, and some fell where? Good, so there's four different places where this seed is sown. And he said unto them, No, you, and they, they asked him later, said, Lord, what does this parable mean? And he said, You don't know this parable? How then will you know all parables? How many of you believe that this parable is pretty important? Huh? Jesus said, If you don't get what I'm saying here, you're not going to get anything I say. Eric Holler's paraphrase, but that's what he's saying. If you don't get what I'm saying here, if you don't get this parable, this teaching, you won't understand a word I'm saying. See, Jesus is putting the importance upon the Word. He puts this much importance upon the Word. If we understand how this works, this sowing and reaping, dealing with the, to the tongue, then we can understand really everything that God has us to learn. It is all based on this law. Next, the sower sows the Word. Now, go, to, go back down to verse 20, Michael, <clears throat> or Jeff, whoever's back there. It says, he gives the, the, the different kinds of ground that people are. Some people hear the word, and, and immediately the devil comes and steals the word from them. And so it bears no fruit. There are some that hear the word, and they get excited about it, right? They get real excited about it, but they run into trouble outside, and before long, it leaves them, and they go on to the same old pattern. Then there are some who, who receive the word, but... but Situations happen, uh, the, the deceitfulness of riches and, and, and the pleasures of this, this life and things like that. The things of the world begin to choke the word and they become unfruitful. But then he says, and these are they which are sown on what? Good ground. This is, he's talking about sowing the word into our hearts here. This is really about your heart condition today. Where your heart is concerning the things of God. Is it soft? Is it pl pliable? Is it plowable before God today? So that the word can take deep entrance, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. How is it that when you hear the word, receive it, how is it that you bear fruit? How is it that you bear fruit of the word? Come on, talk to Do we not have a Bible lesson this morning? How is it? By the increase of our lips, by this tongue. This tongue is how we're bearing the fruit of the Word of God coming into our lives. What He says is what you should say. It's not, it's not just enough to just hear the Word. Plenty of people hear the Word. But He says to hear it and to accept it or to receive it, to take ownership of that Word. 
Let it become, come deep down in your heart. Don't, and, and keep your heart from all other ideas, all other philosophies, all other junk that's out there. And just stay with the simple truth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. Come on, talk to me this morning. That God wants you blessed in everything that you do. But he knows that, and that understand that you have to believe him in order to receive those things. Just staying with the simple truth that Jesus died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb and he rose again from the dead. Keep things simple. And don't let your heart get full of the other clutter of the world. Then you'll say what God says. Out of your heart, it's coming out. It's coming out of your mouth. And when it comes out of your mouth, remember Pastor John said that the primary reason for our talking, for speaking, is for creativity. Next is for communication. God spoke like be, and it was. And God said, let this happen, let this happen, let this happen. And it happened, and it happened, and it happened. You have that same power. You can create death, or you can create life. And it is a law that works every time. Praise the name of the Lord. Some of you here today have found yourself in situations because you talked yourself into that situation. I'm not here to throw rocks at anybody. Listen to me. Just, la- just yesterday, I'm just going to get a little personal with you. Just yesterday, yesterday I was thinking about how sometimes, like my wife gotten on to me about just being snappy. I know nobody else here is like that. I'm the only jerk out there. But uh, just, just watching how I react with my kids, I wasn't even noticing it. It had become almost regular. You know what I mean? Just the kids just kind of biting. And I, and I go, I didn't realize I did it. She said, that's the problem. And I'm, here to, and I'm here to help you. I said, it just feels like you're always on me. She said, well, you're always doing it. And after I got over my anger at her, because I kept thinking, stop trying to be my mom. You're not my mom. And really listen to what she's saying. Man, then the Holy Ghost started talking. Huh? I was out on a walk last night. And I said, you know what? God, this is, this is something I, I guess I've let creep into my life and just become agitated. Today I declare a different thing over my life. Today I say that I will offer a soft answer that will turn away wrath. I'll be quick to hear and slow to speak. Listen, that Bible's there to help you, huh? And I know, I know just as much as anybody, if it wasn't true, if it didn't work, I wouldn't be up here preaching this stuff, huh? But I know it to be true, but you've got to use it. You've got to say the word. You, it's not just going to be magic because it's sitting on your coffee table. It's not going to do something for you, huh? It's not a good luck charm. Well, I got my Bible there. I think it's ought to be all right, you know? No, you got to get it in your mouth. People have funny ideas. You've got to apply that word into your life and say what God says. You don't like where you're at? Say what God says and arrive there eventually. Amen. It takes time. Sometimes it takes time because you've, 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 you've plowed a different ground and you've, you've sown a different seed, huh? But change it today. Just change it today. I don't want anybody to feel condemnation today. I want you to be challenged today. Huh? I don't know where you're at today. All of us are at different levels. But all of us certainly need to be continually reminded 
control what we say. And you know, the truth is that apart from him, the Bible says we can do nothing. The Bible says that Jesus is the source of this strength, the source of this lifestyle that we can really, really benefit from him as believers. See, not everybody, the world has somewhat an understanding of positive thinking and positive talking, but it's only on one level. But the real power is in the Spirit of God, backing what you say. See, the Bible says that the Spirit hovered over the deep and God spoke. It's the Spirit and the Word together, see, that really, that really brings a lasting change, that really makes a difference, that's really heavy with substance. You might be here today and you don't have a relationship with God, and you've been trying to keep a positive outlook on life, you've been trying to do positive things, but listen to me. The first thing you got to do is to give it to Him. The most important thing that you can do in your life, the most important decision that you can make in your life is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Above who you're going to marry, what kind of house you're going to have, and all those things are good things. But none of them matter when the lights are out and you're laying there on your bed at night. Are you at peace with God? Do you know that if this were your last day on planet Earth, would you be able to stand before Him and like what you see and like what you're going to hear from Him? Because that's really what matters. The Bible teaches us, and I've said this two or three times this morning already, that the world was lost in sin because one man's sin, death came to all of us. Hmm? He sowed that seed and death came to all of us. But God chose not to leave us in that condition. Thank God for His grace. He sent us Jesus Christ who took our sins. He took the punishment of God's wrath in His own body. And He poured out His blood. And the Bible says that by the shedding of blood, there is remission of sins. Yeah. God pardoned your sin. And all you have to do today is simply believe it's true. And surrender your life to Him. Is there anybody here today that say, Pastor Eric... Today, I want to make a choice to believe on, on Jesus Christ. I don't have a relationship with God. I know I'm not right with God. But today, I'm making a decision to follow Christ. Is that anybody here? Just raise your hand where you're sitting. Making a decision to follow Jesus today. Anybody here? Amen. Amen. Well, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for these that have raised their hands. I thank you, Lord, for, for your grace coming to them in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for your help. Lord, you, you, you just said, you simply said, Jesus, you said it with your own words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, everyone in this room is a whoever, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And I thank you, Lord, for these that are deciding to come to you and some that are deciding to come back to you today, God. Strengthen them in this step of faith in the mighty name of Jesus thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message for more information about One Cause Church please visit us online at onecausechurch.com